0: Oh
1: That's magical. I actually, actually thought, thought about like doing another version of that.
0: No. No, man, keep it. I thought about <laughs> doing
1: like a vaporwave
0: one. <laughs> <laughs> no, I say keep it. That's beautiful. The gathering masses are gonna love it. That's yeah, alright. Nah. You sell yourself short too much, buddy. Yeah. <clears throat> Welcome everybody! Welcome. All you Hankophiles. Do you think anybody's coined Hank-o-file yet?
1: Uh yeah, but I don't think in a positive way. A L- mm. lot of the wacko conspiracy people. Oh yeah. Well, we're gonna coin it as a positive. We're gonna take it back. We're taking
0: it back. We're taking <laughs> we're taking our hanks back. <laughs> How Hanks got his groove back. Uh, but welcome to Hanks Beat a Tom.
1: My name is Zeke. I'm joined
0: with my best buddy, Randy. What's up, Randy?
1: Not a whole lot. We just finished doing a really manly workout.
0: Oh, yeah. Big time. <laughs> <laughs> we're listening still, to the village people. Still sweating a little bit to the village people. We sweat to the oldies is what we do. Yeah. Um. But we're on a journey, a never-ending, it seems, but really fun and enjoyable journey through the illustrious, I hope I'm using that word right, catalog
1: yeah. of Mr. Tom Hanks. Works perfectly. One of the most celebrated American actors. Hell yeah! But we're at a, a big crucial point in his career. We've hit an impasse. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is uh, the fourth time we've tried this. We couldn't figure out a way to <laughs> get all 37 episodes distilled down to make it seem meaningful <laughs> and make it Hanks related it's because cr- the show is so dense <laughs> with ridiculousness.
0: It's really good that uh, we are keeping this podcast evergreen and not really <laughs> like try to bring in current events or anything like that into it, um, because yeah, this is literally the fourth attempt. <laughs> at this um, this one's gonna work. This one's gonna work. I've taken Randy's notes. I've I've uh, taken them seriously. I've 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 thought about them, and I think. Uh, and-
1: also, I've put in a lot more effort
0: on this. <laughs> <laughs> you have put in a lot more work than I think I expected you to, and that was warranted. But <laughs> for for this show, but you know what? I'm happy. I'm um, I'm I'm grateful to you. I'm I'm definitely grateful for to you for all the work you've been doing uh, um, on this show and and uh, um, the Hank show, not the show that we're about to talk yeah. about, but. So um, we're at a, we're at a point in Hanks's career where he is uh, he's doing a lot of TV. Yes, um, and uh, he's he's literally on the verge of breaking into to film like major films. Obviously, yes. he had done some uh, you know he had done some movies prior to this, but now he's, smaller parts, smaller parts. We're 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 scratching away to get to that. But before we get there, we really
1: don't want to do the TV stuff. Like when we said we're going to do everything, <laughs> yeah. we kind of didn't realize we'd get bogged down in kind of run of the mill. Yeah. eighties sitcoms.
0: We've just hit the iceberg. We have not yet gotten <laughs> to the, the door the door raft scene with Jack and Rose, <laughs> which I don't know if that uh, analogy works or not, but you get the idea. It doesn't matter.
1: Well, you're right. One of us is going to die. Doing this. <laughs> this, yeah. Um,
0: yeah, based on the work you've been doing here, it's probably going to be you.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, a lot of uh, Friday nights sitting here pulling clips from 37 episodes of some great and some mediocre episodes <laughs> of television. Yeah, I
0: mean, I'm 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 just saying right now. I think after we we get through this, because it is important. It is a very important part of uh, Hanks's career, and maybe mm. we just do one episode with the other. Shows that he was only in one episode for.
1: Yeah, like we jam uh, three episodes of the Michael J. Fox show and Taxi together. Growing
0: Pains and Taxi. yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think we just do that. So you guys, that's a little foreshadowing. Right now, though, we're talking about Bosom Buddies. Yeah. We are talking about two men dressing as women in order to make it in the Big Apple 1980s New York City. And they're being
1: toxically masculine while they do it.
0: Very, very (laughs) much so. But I will say this. I will say this, and we can harken back to this a little bit later. They always learned a lesson. Yes. They always seem to learn a lesson. We're going to dive a little bit deeper into that, but I will give it that much credit that even though there were some problematic uh, things throughout this show, They always seem to either be the butt of the joke or learn some sort of lesson that eventually made them better people. Let's dissect that. Shall we?
1: Yeah. um, I had no real previous history with this show. It was always the thing you heard about that like, Oh, can you believe Tom Hanks came from this piece of shit? (laughs) So going into this, I was like, this is going to be terrible. And for a good half of it, it was. But yeah. It's it's very up and down. There were episodes where there were some good laughs,
0: even if the sh the, the concept of the show just was dog shit.
1: Yeah, it's it's not consistent. No. I mean the cast is really good. Well that's the thing that I was gonna say. Like
0: there's a lot of things about this show just on the on paper alone. So Peter Scolari, he goes on to have a great career. Uh like a theater legend. A theater legend. He he recently just won an Emmy. He played uh, um uh Lena Dunham's father on girls. Yes. And he won a he won an Emmy for that. You know, he was great in that. Uh uh Holland Taylor, also Yeah. Uh, uh uh she is also uh uh what's her name's wife? Uh American Horror Story, shit. Why am I drawing a blank?
1: Oh, I never watched that. I saw one season of that show and it was like literally one of the worst things I've ever seen.
0: Uh uh, Sarah Paulson. Really? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, they've been. They have. There's a. There's a. There's a big age gift difference. Not that that matters. Uh, but they've been together for for quite a while. Yeah. Wow. Um. But then you've also, you know, Billy Joel wrote the original theme.
1: Yeah, and then the one they end up going with. Yeah. We'll play a little bit of it here.
0: Ooh yeah. I don't. I don't love it. It's so 80s. It is. There are parts of it I like, but... You know what I think? You know what? I, actually, so it's very 80s, but as a fan of a lot of other 80s shows, not this one. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, like, it's very long. And, it and they play me, it every time, full length. Well, you know what it reminded me of? It reminded me of Step by Step. Do you remember how long that intro yeah, was? Yeah,
1: and if you do the Family Matters full one, as long, too. the Family too.
0: Matters, too. I feel like maybe this was, like, the start of it. Because I don't remember... Like, Cheers was not this long.
1: No. Was MASH this long? I don't think so. MASH is a way more depressing song, too. Well, the, yeah. Yeah. Seriously. <laughs> <Suicide. laughs>
0: um, but, like, you know, even Taxi, which... I was a fan of, we're going to talk about Taxi in another episode. Yeah. I was a fan, like, obviously, it's very difficult to pick up a show four and a half seasons in, especially something like that, and, like, try to like it. But anyway, every single episode of Bosom Buddies, they play the entire song. Yeah, and on the DVD, I would argue you don't need it. You don't. (laughs) Like, even Cheers, I remember vividly because I love Cheers. I could do a whole other podcast just about Cheers and my love for it. Even they had like, the writing was well done. They were like, we can only do the, the quick clip of of you know the Cheers outline, and they jump right into the show.
1: Hello. Yeah, and then for some reason I left that tag in there, but. But
0: yeah, it's a very long thing. Yeah,
1: and it goes on and on, and you can't really hear half of the shit she's saying, and it really doesn't
0: tell you much about what you're about to see.
1: No. Even the Billy Joel song doesn't work.
0: No, it's it, yeah, it's as as far as better Billy to, Joel
1: song for this Uptown Girl. Oh uh, yeah, but that was late eighties Joel. It would have
0: worked better. It would have.
1: Although you um, you could have done uh just the way they, just the way we are. <laughs> Don't go change! <laughs> <laughs> it's like, you, got, you guys don't need to be in drag. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so the scene with the main premise, where they get the idea. Here we go. place
2: for women only. It's impossible. Well, it's impossible if you look like a man.
1: Yeah, I'm getting a fuck.
2: <laughs> don't.
1: Don't think it's not your strong
3: point. We've <laughs> got all those clothes at the office from Blouse City. we <laughs> not. All right. Kip, we have no place to stay. We have an entire ad campaign to put together, and we've got to find a new apartment, all in one weekend. Pal, I call that desperate. Oh, pal,
2: I call that desperate, too. I think this is very, very exciting. I think you boys have made a very good choice. (laughs) This is nuts. This is stupid. This is crazy. You're an artist. You're allowed to be crazy. Think about Van Gogh. He cut off his ear. I know, but you're asking me to lose a lot more than that.
0: castration joke aside yeah i am now gonna start saying desperate desperate all the time not a great read get used to it
1: not a great read there
0: i am gonna lose friendships over the my uh saying desperate gonna happen it's a new thing for zeke it's it's a new year it's a new me that's how i'm saying desperate every now (laughs) at least on the pod no, no, in real life it's going to happen.
1: But it's not a it's a decent enough introduction to what they're going to do.
0: I've been looking for a new way to get divorced anyway.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so so that's not bad up until there. I mean, you got to sell the kind of off the wall premise in some way. And they could have done a lot worse.
0: Yeah. Yeah. They definitely
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the names though. It's kind of, the way they do it here, they kind of bomb on any sort of joke in it, Mm -hmm. and it's also not nearly as interesting.
2: I have been so rude, I haven't introduced us. This is my sister, Hildegard. (laughs) Fake Fake laugh. And this is my sister, Buffy.
3: (laughs) You look like a Buffy.
1: (laughs) Bitch. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That's, like, a decent enough joke for an You look like a Helen. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You look like you'd have a shit name. So we get Buffy and Hildegard Hildegard for uh, Kip and Henry. Kip and Henry, best friends who work
0: for an ad agency.
1: Yes. Uh, The animator or storyboard guy is Hanks, and the copywriter is Henry.
0: Right, who has aspirations of writing the next great american novel that does play in often throughout the series is
1: yes and i have that clip also of how kip convinces henry to do it which is probably so far of the clips we've heard the best scene
2: i'm an artist i'm allowed to be crazy (laughs) yeah well i'm not
3: what are you talking
2: about you are you're
3: No, I'm not. You're the one with all the talent. All I am is a copywriter at an ad agency. I I talk about novels that aren't there.
2: Well, now, maybe that's because you've never had anything to write about. Maybe it would be interesting to write about women privy to their innermost thoughts, sharing their female secrets because you are accepted as one (laughs) of them.
3: Maybe if I stayed a week, I could have a heck of a little article. (laughs) Henry, 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 you're thinking small. Well, if I stayed a month, I might get a hot little short story.
2: You give it a year killer, and we're talking best-selling novel. You really think so? I know so. Look how well that guy did with Black Like Me. I'd love that. Boy.
1: Not sure that joke plays. So what
2: do you say, Henry? Do we stay? On one condition. What's that?
3: Tomorrow, I get to wear the crepe scarf. <laughs>
0: So there's an opportunity right there to really kind of take this show into a different direction that spoiler alert they did not take. No, where so okay, obviously it that sets up the fact that Henry is trying to be a writer. Uh, he's He's got this his buddy who, you know, he supports his cause he's obviously, you know, using it to his advantage. We will talk about yes, we'll why know. Kip really wants to stay in the hotel. But it they really don't play on that enough. I feel like they could have made this show like there could have been this overarching narrative about him writing about this experience of yeah. of, of 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 struggling in New York City uh of of you know dressing like a woman just to survive because you know we're gonna talk about that but that's basically what they were doing initially was dressing like a woman just so that they could survive yeah because they their other apartment got demolished their other apartment got <laughs> demolished we need to talk about that um and they just it, it's only every now and again it's almost like it's almost like Kip uses That to his advantage, not to Henry's advantage. You know what I mean? Every time it gets brought up, the writer aspect, it's always Henry like, think about how good this could be for your novel. Not Henry actually saying like, I'm going to tell the story and it's going to play out throughout. They could have done that every episode. They could have ended every episode with Henry sitting at his typewriter, writing about the hijinks that they went through in the day. And that, you know what I'm saying? Like Mm -hmm. that could have been... It could have come back a lot more than, I
1: think it's only mentioned in three other episodes.
0: I, yeah, yeah. Um, I think that would have made the show so much better, had so much deeper because, you know, as we as we do this in the new millennium and we talk about these issues in the new millennium, obviously there's a lot of problems with it. But like, like I said earlier, like they learn lessons. They're usually the butt of the jokes. And you've got this guy who wants to write the great American novel and he's living this story that is... That that could have been a great book,
1: yeah. But they just they just left it alone. Anyway, that's my little rant about that. Um, yeah, uh, they're in at the Susan B. Anthony Hotel for Women. Is a coworker Amy who is in love with Henry. And here's a little bit of Amy, uh, played by uh, Spurberger. Yes. right? yes, uh, the late great Wendy Jo Sperber. Yes, and she's very good in this. My phone
2: number and my address. Now, if there is anything you need a meal, some sensitive conversation, a place to stay for the night.
3: Thanks, I'll remember.
2: Someone to have your child.
3: (laughs) Amy, I like you and everything, but do you really think you and I have a chance?
2: Oh, Henry, go on. Sample what's out there. Take a few years. I got time. And then when you decide you want someone who really loves you, you'll give me a call. Now,
0: I, I appreciate the, uh, the textbook, uh, you know, dating, let's just be forward and everything yeah. like that, but kind of a dick thing to say. But I appreciate Wendy Jo. She's got the confidence. Amy, Amy is, the, is probably one of the best parts of this, this show. I know Hanks, we're talking about Hanks yeah. and everything, but Amy's confidence, Amy who just knows who she is, um, she knows what she wants. Um, it's so endearing, and it's it's so great, and I, I love Amy.
1: Yeah. She's good. She can play it big at certain points. Well, yeah. A little over the top. But overall, I mean, she does have some really good moments. I have a clip that we'll play later on where it's, she doesn't really get along with Hank's character, but they have, like, a really good scene, which is kind of one of the first times in everything we've watched so far where you can see, oh, Hank's is going to be a big fucking star. But yeah. But here's the character for why Kip Hank's character convinces Henry, played by Peter Scalari, that they should do it. And this is him meeting Sonny, played by Donna Dixon, real-life wife of Dan Aykroyd. Yep. And Smoke Show. You might recognize
0: her from a movie called Spies Like Us. Yes, and uh, 30 Seconds in Wayne's World. 30, yeah, literally. She's in the foxy scene, right? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh, How do I look?
1: Frankly, you're a pig. That
2: guy's
0: laughing. (laughs) too. Don't they scream, (laughs) these people?
2: (laughs) Well, it happened to me again, Amy. Hi, girl. I was supposed to meet this choreographer, Julian. We're going to rehearse dances for his new show. Sonny's a dancer. She moves like a goddess. (laughs) The rehearsal hall turns out to be room 14 at the Dewdrop Inn. Julian is half-gassed. And he wants to give me my lesson in the bathtub. Oh, men are such slime. You need the sensitive type. An artist, perhaps. Like your friend
3: Kip. Too bad about his horrible accident. (laughs) What? Didn't you hear? He was bludgeoned by his roommate.
0: Was (laughs) Was casting couch porn a thing in the 80s? Because she's basically has to have been. It has to. I bet you it's
1: in Debbie Does Dallas. Uh, No, it's not. I've seen it. (laughs) So, one of the things that caught me off guard is that is not Donna Dixon putting on a voice. That's actually how she fucking talks. Oh, yeah. I 100% thought she was just trying to do like a starry eyed hot girl voice or whatever. Well, I mean, so Spies Like
0: Us is one of my favorite 80s movies. I know, I know for a lot of people, they go to Caddyshack, they go to, you know, uh, Animal House and stuff like that. Well, that's Animal House is in <laughs> the 70s. Anyway, but I love Spies Like Us. I thought it was hilarious.
1: And that she talks the same way in that. Yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah. Uh, so that's yeah. Kip is in love with Sonny. And that is his reason for convincing Henry to go along with this idea and coming up with what appears to be a ruse that he thinks he can write a great book up until later on when they have uh, a little bit of a conversation where Hanks convinces him that he really thinks he can do it and that he has talent. So those
0: are the the four main characters. You've got Kip, you've got Henry, you've got Amy, and you've got Sonny. Sunny, Sonny, sunny, sunny. Now, we want to kind of talk about some of the really big moments that Hanks like, truly shines in, and, and you and you really start to see, like, okay, this dude is gonna be a big star. He yeah. clearly has, like, comedic talent, um, which we already knew leading up to this, but he gets to really shine in this.
1: So, we'll kind of try and go through order of the series. Uh, I think it's episode two. They get caught right away. Yeah. Where, where Hanks is not... In his uh, Buffy getup. And I believe it's Sonny who walks in and catches Kip as a man and Henry as Hildegard. And then this unfolds. We get a a lot of really good uh, Hanks yelling here.
2: Great times over. I'm going to start on the outside of these windows now. (laughs) 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 I'm going to waste my ammonia. Waste my ammonia. (laughs)
3: <laughs> ladies i haven't met some of you my name is lily sinclair hey. i'm the new manager of the susan d anthony hotel for women <laughs> and now young ladies perhaps you can explain why you had a man in your room oh, hold on hold on excuse me excuse me <laughs> i don't want to miss anything honey go ahead
0: so it's important to uh note that at this point, Sonny only knows Kip and Hildegard. Sonny does not know that uh, uh, Kip is, is playing Hildegard. Yeah. Only Amy knows at this point. Amy is the only one who knows. Um, now, what you uh, heard at the last little bit of that clip is culturally significant because we get to meet Isabel. Who, it, this whole thing is 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 happening in the hallway. Basically, he, he gets dragged out of the room. He gets dragged out of the room, and the whole thing's happening in the hallway. Men are not allowed upstairs in the Susan B. Anthony Hotel. They're only allowed in the lobby and rent sometimes the, the
1: bar that's in the basement.
0: Yeah, they have a full fledged restaurant in the uh, inside this this women's boarding house, which I want to stay at a boarding house with a full fledged bar. I'm just saying <laughs> that sounds fucking awesome. Um, anyway. So what she does, that last little bit that you heard, is her saying, hold up. She runs in, grabs a little bistro table and chair and a tea set. And it is the first time that someone is spilling the tea, as the millennials say. I think maybe ever. I think she invented the Could term. Be. I
1: mean, it's 81. She's spilling the tea. Yeah, and she is kind of like a minor character. She's not in every episode. She kind of comes in a lot more in season two. Yeah, she's awesome, though. But you would know her from Family Matters as one of the aunts. That's right. Would be her biggest run.
0: Yeah. Um, Uh, She was also, didn't she? She was a, well, you might also know her as the backup singer for Tony Orlando.
1: She was? Oh, I don't know. I'm not not huge on Tony Orlando's catalog. (laughs) Really? (laughs) Yeah. That's one of my blind spots in music. (laughs) But, But yeah, anyway. Later on in that episode, they have uh, sort of a meeting to see if Kip, or Buffy and Hildegard can stay because they broke the rules and snuck a man in and kind of tackle a little bit of slut-shaming and women being looked down on for being sexually active because the excuse they come up with is Kip, Hanks, as a man, is Buffy's brother— and he used to date Hildegard and snuck in town and it was like a one night thing. And that's the excuse they give, which leads to this clip where we get a character who should have been in the show a lot more. Oh, big time. And this is kind of a little bit of Hildegard's speech. One of Peter Scolari's best moments in the show. I think, yeah,
0: I think this is the first belly laugh that you, me and my wife, April yes. all had when we watched this clip together.
1: Now listen to the wonder of Leanne.
0: Women of the Susan B. Anthony Hotel. Welcome. That's
3: welcome. Welcome. Now there's something getting around here, and it's not me.
1: I told you all oh, she's a sweet girl.
2: She's a tramp. How do you know? Because I'm a tramp. Would you like to meet my brother Kip? Yeah. <laughs>
3: Yesterday, I was clappy as a ham. That's happy as a clam. Happy like a clam. Now I'm a cult hero to some and a bimbo to others. I get calls at 3 o'clock in the morning from the stars of Scared Straight. Why is this happening to me? Well, I can tell you why. Because there are a lot of people here with very small minds. Now, I don't want to mention any names, Leanne. <laughs> as far as I'm concerned, I like you. And whatever you do that doesn't hurt me is none of my business. Right, lady? Good Bye, hi, Isabel, Elizabeth. That's a beautiful
2: oh, thought. Bite the wall, Leanne. <laughs> there it is. There it is. Hey. <laughs> okay. Easy
0: Street still hasn't explained what went down.
2: Well, Miss Easy Street has a perfectly reasonable explanation. No, I don't. (laughs) There you have it.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Because I don't have to explain. I broke a rule, and for that, I'm sorry. But I don't owe you an explanation. I know what kind of person I am. You will always want to judge by what you hear, by what you see. Well, I kept me bothered with that. So think what you want about me. Go ahead. But look around because maybe you'll always have to worry hmm, what are they thinking about me? <laughs> Sorry, I, I hate speeches. Me too. But I thought that was a pretty good one.
2: You better believe it. All those in favor of Buffy and Hildy staying, say aye. 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 aye.
1: That's where Isabel throws a hand over Leanne's mouth because she's about to object. (laughs) In the annals of great acting, Olivier, DiCaprio,
0: Scolari. (laughs) It is very theater right there. Oh my God. What a great... That was a poor attempt. It's late in the evening as we're recording, guys, and I've already had two beers, so that was a a poor attempt at James Lipton. I didn't even know that's what you were doing. (laughs) That was really bad, but, uh, I mean, come on, you know, <laughs> let him fucking monologue. Um, bite the wall, Leanne, which uh, we did some uh, research. It's kind of a racist sling.
1: Yeah, it touches a little bit on, um, I believe it was Asian immigrants. Asian immigrants. Yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah, Not great, but. It's hey, a good
1: delivery of a weird line.
0: It's a good delivery of a, of a, you know, 21st century problematic line. But hey, you know, this was the 80s. It was a different time. Yeah. And since, I mean,
1: since we'll go a little out of order, that's that episode.
0: We're not looking to cancel Hanks.
1: Um, And since we're kind of going through um a lot of sillier Hanks moments, we'll go to what I think is the best Hanks comedy-wise in the whole episode. So here's my stinger for some tomfoolery.
0: Tom Hanks, that's it. Ah, oh, funny guy, Tom Hanks. Everything he says is a stitch. I have AIDS.
1: <laughs> so in this episode of Revenge... The, the women in the hotel talk about how men have tried to uh, either lie to them or trick them into sex or have had sex with them and then never call them back. And they set up this whole elaborate scheme to get this guy who's a senator's aide and get some revenge on him. And Hanks is playing the ex-boyfriend of Sonny named Bruno, and he's hiding in the closet. And Hanks comes in and pretends to beat up Sonny. And this is some very big Hanks yelling. So, tell me,
2: where is this pot of sludge you've been pillowing with? <laughs> you think I'm gonna tell you? not gonna tell me, huh? <laughs> 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 okay! You've knocked
3: out one lousy tooth, and you think I'm gonna talk? <laughs> right.
2: I think they're stunning. Everything's ready. So you're still not gonna talk?
4: Somebody help me. Anybody? This
2: guy
1: really is a swine, isn't he? So through all that, the guy never comes out of the closet.
2: (laughs) It's
0: important to just reiterate what you said earlier as you led into the clip. He was pretending. As a ruse to try to catch a dirtbag cheater. He was not actually hitting a woman. Yeah. She was in on the gag. We don't condone any sort of violence, especially towards women.
1: But I think he's like slapping a magazine against a leather couch or something to make that noise.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And now the reason they're trying to set this guy up is because this dude was a dick to Amy. And by this point, you are heavily invested in Amy. You don't... Fuck with Amy.
1: I think this is episode nine or something like yeah, that. Yeah,
0: you you love Amy at this point, so anybody that does Amy wrong, even when fucking Kip does something, or uh, not Hank, Kip, sorry, um, when Henry does something wrong to to Amy, you're like fuck you, Henry.
1: Yeah, I have a clip of that. We'll get to, but we'll just get through all like the loud Hank stuff. Uh, this is after or during the first date. Later on, I, this might be end of season one, where he goes on like a double date where it's Amy and Henry and Kip and Sonny. And he gets in a fight with the maider d at a French restaurant.
2: Oh, yes. <laughs> Look, LeBeau, I'm a little tired of you coming on to my date. <laughs> I offer her a lobster, not a night at the Romani Inn. What's oh. Falco? Why don't you just go off and pet your lobster somewhere? Pet my yeah. lobsters! Yeah. my lobsters! bien, Au revoir. I'm going to get you another waiter. Well, thank you. Look, I'm trying to impress a girl here, guy. And I-
1: And they break a lobster tank.
0: <laughs>
1: That's, that yell right there to me is very, there's no crying in baseball.
0: So that scene, yes, very classic. Just shows the...
1: the... You can see how he gets in the comedy stuff still. Because when he, he's a good straight man and he delivers lines dry, very funny. Yeah. And his big stuff is, it's towards the edge of Over the Top, but it doesn't quite push as far as Amy does at some points. And when he does the serious moments, he doesn't like slide into that highfalutin theater thing that Scolari does.
0: Yeah. I'm
1: trying to look real quick if I have any other He's things. also,
0: he's also it's it's physical comedy.
1: Yeah, well. he does a lot more of that.
0: He does a lot more physical comedy. He uses his kind of at this point, he's very, you know, tall and lanky. Um and yeah, he he uses the hair his body. is way more out of control. The hair is
1: way out of control. <laughs> like he really runs. I think it's a uh, probably ninety. He finally tames that motherfucker.
0: I would say Philadelphia. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's right around there. Yeah. All right, real quick, can we talk about a runner joke in this show? AIDS will do that to you. <laughs> <laughs> this is a runner joke throughout the show, and I think they thought it was going to be the big catchphrase, and it sucks every time. <laughs>
0: Time. Excuse me just a minute. Way too many times. Oh,
1: it's brutal. Like.
0: Way, way, way too many times.
1: It's got it's gotta be like one of the most over-the-plate sitcom attempts at like a not the mama sort of deal.
0: Oh yeah. And I'm all for for beating a dead horse when it comes to a bad joke. You know, again, I'm looking for new ways to get divorced, but that's just bad.
1: Yeah, it there isn't once that it works.
0: I'm not really trying to get divorced. I'm
1: just making <laughs> <laughs> My wife's gonna listen to this. She's gonna be like, what the fuck? It's just a joke. Okay. And there's an episode where Sonny is not getting anywhere as a dancer. And this isn't season two. We're gonna jump back and forth. Maybe later on we'll do like a whole separate series where we go episode by episode. But I'm just trying to give you like the Hanks portion of the show. But later on in season two, there's an episode where Sonny decides she's going to leave New York and move home to, I think she's from Michigan.
0: And yes, because the, the boys are from Scala, uh, from Ohio.
1: Yes. Oh, so they like different college football teams. That's, that'd be a tough relationship. Thing. Big,
0: big ten rivals.
1: Yeah, like the rivalry. Yeah. But this is Kip's reaction to the girl of his dreams wanting to move out of his life. Girls, I've
2: decided. I'm going home. Oh, going Go home.
4: A little
1: buff so <laughs> Kip is dressed as Buffy there and just completely <laughs> lets it go
0: I think it's also good that we uh, that we uh, threw in a, uh, a football joke so if people who don't know who we are and just think we're a bunch of chubby nerds <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <just sort> of, <laughs> we do like sports y'all um, but yes that was a very <laughs> very Hanksy scene He's that's a big yell that's a huge yell
1: Yeah, so far, that's probably our biggest, like, Hank's cliche moment. Yeah. Uh, All right, so we'll go into a little bit more of the serious scenes with Hank's where you get, like, some foreshadowing as to what he can do. In season one, there's an episode where um, Henry is not getting any sort of the the look from the women he wants or any sort of play. He tries to hit on a a receptionist there, gets really fucked up in (laughs) slut-shaming, and I hear he'll fuck anyone, so fuck me, and then she beats the shit out of him
0: it's problematic
1: yeah it's not great but they end up going to like a a country bar there's hail over the floor which you'll hear them walking through in this clip and after well this you'll hear it here
2: don't do this to me this is your big night don't blow it henry shut up come on
3: babe i'm your man you want me and you know it no no i don't i wanted henry i don't ever want hank
2: wait a wait a second very nice. Very, very nice. First you embarrass us, and now you hurt a woman who truly cares about you. I, I, I hope you're pleased with yourself. You're really quite the man.
0: Now, before we go any further, I'm from Tennessee. I've been all over the South. I'm an accomplished line dancer.
1: And the only 10 I see.
0: <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I have a serious problem with whoever set up the scene, whoever was handling props. There is literally, you need to Google the scene. Anyone who's listening to this, Google. The, there is not just like a little bit of hay, just kind of like there's some... A foot some, and a half. There's a foot and a half worth of hay. This isn't like, you know, you go to Texas Roadhouse and there's like, you know, peanut shells all over and they're like, whatever, no big deal. Even though I don't, I don't understand how they pass health codes with that. But it's just a foot and a half worth of hay i don't know yeah. why anyone would ever want to go to this bar okay i i promise that's the last rant of this episode um out of context
1: so but that's some high heat hanks acting
0: it's some high heat hanks acting and it's important to to know for his character before he meets sunny and his is his attention is all on sunny kip is the he's the horn dog he's the one who wants to go out and just have sexual conquests as much as he can. So for him,
1: he's much more the Kelso as opposed to an Eric Foreman.
0: Absolutely. So for him to actually go and say like, dude, you're being a douchebag right now. That's a big, that, I mean, that's a big turning point. You get to really dive into who he is because yeah, he wants to just, you know, have one night stands, but he's not about, you know, hurting his friends and and he doesn't want to see his best friend act like a douchebag. Yeah. It's a real check your boy moment. Yeah. It's a real check your boy moment. Absolutely.
1: But to me, I think that's episode four. That's the first time where you're like, oh, this guy has some chops. Mm. Uh, And later on, when this is after actually he bombs, Kip bombs on the date with Sonny. He gets a pep talk the other way from Henry, but Henry doesn't give it to him. He tricks Kip into giving it to himself by offending him and saying, no, you don't deserve it. And then this is the end of that.
2: Uh, Look, uh, Henry, I don't want a pep talk, okay? i humiliated myself in front of the woman i loved she thinks i'm a fool she thinks i'm some kind of a jealous maniac something tells me my chances for a second date are slim
1: do i smell coffee yeah so that's another good part of him really selling sort of an emotional part. And you can yeah. hear, like, the the tone of the show shifts really nicely. Mm-hmm. Even though overall throughout all 37 episodes, they kind of don't decide what the, like, baseline tone of the show is.
0: Yeah, and I think um, if we jump back to He Knows You're Alone... Yeah. You have these moments where you just have to believe that the directors, the, the people behind the scenes are just like, God damn, we really have... A future star on our hands. Yeah, the let's, kid's good. Let's let him, let's let him shine on what well, you know. They had to have known as a Shea yeah. show. <laughs> it's not great, but there's those moments, and and you know, hey, fuck, that's why we're here, right? Yeah, <laughs> we're here to talk about those those moments where it's like this dude has been consistent since right out of the gate, and not just consistent, but just he knows how to elevate anything that he's
1: in he's definitely got the goods
0: at such a young age i mean he's only in his what
1: 20s at this point maybe like 24 25 something yeah like that. uh all right and another serious clip is kip and amy talking later on this is after amy accidentally has a really good pitch to a company uh what was it like mouthwash or something
0: it's for it's for like mountain mouthwash yeah. and you got to remember amy is just the receptionist of this company so this is her opportunity to like elevate herself yes and i honestly this is the most shining moment that's like that he can do comedy this is what it's like okay this dude can act this is a great scene it's probably my favorite scene in the whole whole series yeah it's up there
2: <laughs> yeah they feel great and you still feel crummy don't you
3: i didn't want to hurt their
2: feelings no 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 amy you never do you're very good about that sort of thing Oh, you wouldn't be saying that just to make me feel better. Who, me? (laughs) No, I would never say anything just to make you feel
1: better.
3: (laughs) Yeah, I've noticed that about you. You know, Kip, you and I, we just don't click.
2: No, no, there's not an awful lot of clicking going on here. But look, uh, Amy, you know I wouldn't kid you, right? Oh, no, never. <laughs> you did a lousy job this afternoon. <laughs> Thanks. I mean, it was embarrassing. It was stupid. <laughs> Thanks again. I mean, Amy, you stank up the boardroom. <laughs> you are horrible. Thank you so hard, it'll draw blood. I'll take my chances, because there's more. Okay, you jumped right in, and you blew it. But, Amy, the point is, you jumped right in. Yeah, but I could be jumping the rest of my life and keep failing the rest of my life. Amy, so what? Who cares? Nobody has any guarantees here. We're playing hardball. Look. I'm going to say something, and you can take this to the bank. If I was going to bet on any of us to make it big someday, any one of us, I'd bet on you. Yeah, I'd bet on you. And that's no lie, toots.
3: Did you just hear a click?
1: No, I think it was a cockroach with a cat. (laughs) Good joke coming out of it. Yeah.
0: Man, I wish, like... If, if my dad had given me that type of talk when I was growing up, <laughs> holy shit, I might have been a different man.
1: Yeah, I like the way like, he does this speech, and he's like, I'm not going to lie to you, it was terrible, but like, he can recover from this. You know, moment of difficulty, diamonds made under pressure sort of deal.
0: Right, we need that in our lives, I think. But I'm not going to get all serious here.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'll leave that for Hanks. I mean, again, it's another moment where he does it really well. I'm going to encourage everybody to watch this
0: series. I don't, I mean, I, I, I think Randy's aligned with me on this, that like you really get invested in Amy. I I know this is a Hank's pod podcast, but let's talk about some characters that really shined. And I think made Hank's better. Yeah. And, and I honestly think, and don't get me wrong. I don't want to take anything away from Scolari. Um, clearly they, they remained really good friends later on, um, because they're going to show up together, um, down the road. But like, Amy was one of those characters that I really, really loved. Um, and I thought made Hanks really, really the better actor because he has a lot of good people to play off. Of. He has a lot of good people to play off. And that scene is one of them. And, you know, she's no she's no slouch in that scene. She nope. she was right there with him. And I think that's really important. You know, I know we just talked about how he elevates everything and he can kind of basically, uh, you know, take a turd and turn it into a piece of gold but they're not there's no turds in this show there's no turds
1: in this show it's just it's a
0: premise that just kind of just kind
1: of falls flat it's the writing really yeah the writing is uneven the i i don't know if the directors the directors or producers never really picked a tone or a baseline point or really a coherent plot because like season two they become like commercial directors and buy a studio and it's, it, yeah, it's, it gets it's a mess. <laughs> so insane, but the best parts of the show is that the characters are all well-cast. They play really well off of each other. Yeah. And all their scenes together are really good, and they just... Instead of making it about the people in the show, they tried to make it about zany circumstances. Mm-hmm. And it was a real misstep. Uh, and at this point, if you're wondering if at any point in the show, do they get caught? They get caught in episode one of season two. Yep. They get busted at a political event uh, for... Like a fake Iran country sort of deal. Yeah,
0: it wasn't. I don't, I don't believe it was a real country, but they called it like Bahrain. Not not Bahrain, but like something Tirana. The,
1: yeah, they took like the beginning of like Bahrain and put a stand up. So it's like stan. Yeah. But this is the moment where they get caught. And Hanks is kind of fed up at this point because he's gone on dates as Kip and hung out with her as Hildegard and hurt her or as Buffy. He's heard her as Buffy talk about how terrible the date was to be crushed by that. And it's kind of eating him up that he doesn't, he can't be who he is and tell her really what's going on in his life. And he decides to derobe basically himself in front of her. And you'll hear as this clip goes on that it ends up being for a lot more people than just Sunny.
0: Still doesn't work. You know, it's
3: funny, your brother Kip always says that to me.
2: Sonny, thanks for that opening. <laughs> You know, Sonny, how sometimes when people first meet, they don't always act like what they really are. Now, maybe it's because they're embarrassed or shy or just plain stupid. (laughs) Lots of people do that. Buffy, I mean, let's face it, we're all a little insecure. Yes, well, I'm secure. And I know... That when I tell you this, we are going to look back on this and just laugh and laugh. She turns around and
1: he starts taking his clothes off.
2: Because this is important. This is going to strengthen our relationship.
0: They're
1: behind a curtain on a stage. Yeah. (laughs) Ta-da! And he has no shirt on. He's pulled the dress down. Just...
2: Let's just keep this between the two of us, all right? Because, frankly, I, I don't want to cause a scene here. And now,
1: ladies and gentlemen, the San Flanian national anthem. San Flanian. San Fl- And the curtain opens, and he's there with the dress pulled down to his waist. And he ends up saluting the flag.
2: I mean, it kills with the crowd.
0: fact ain't this a shocker is what i told to april when we first had sex <laughs> <laughs> it did not go well <laughs> much like the scene when he yeah. presents himself as a as who he really is
1: doesn't that line come off a little bugs bunny-ish though
0: <laughs> ain't I a yeah it's, it's really <laughs> yeah, yeah
1: it's very warner brothers it's
0: very warner brothers yeah very looney tunes there's there's so much wrong with this scene. <laughs> yeah. So first of all, you know, at this I mean it's it's been what? Like if in, in the time frame of the show, we're looking at what, a year, maybe that this this
1: ruse has been going on? The, yeah, the the time they never really establish, but a year at the most. Let's call it a year. You choose to do the
0: unveiling at a function behind a
1: stage for a dignitary
0: for a dignitary of a
1: middle eastern (laughs) premiere like oh yeah yeah i don't even know how to. uh, that's also that they kind of don't pick no character there's there's it's pretty clear they never took like a character bible of like the base level of what this character would do because characters who for four episodes in a row can be very down to earth out of nowhere make like a family guy level decision like how lois's character can go all over the place and there's no real center to anything. I think when we both watched this, we were
0: like, the Titanic is officially split in two, (laughs) and it's just, it's over. The the show is the, what's the, remember that scene when the guy falls off and he hits the rudder? (laughs) (laughs) And you're like, whoa, that was crazy. Yeah, that's, we're at that level of like, nothing good's
1: gonna happen after. Yeah, it's pretty clear that season one, they, they, Tried to play it more down the middle, and then season two, they got worried, and they're like, we'll just throw a ton of shit at the wall. Hopefully, we pop a rating on one of these things, and we'll run with that. Yeah. And it just never really happens for them. But that scene is followed up by uh, the apology to Sonny, which I would say is the only thing consistent throughout the show is they do good scenes with Kip and Sonny. And this is his besides that that one scene. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, there's good stuff with Amy. Amy has a good scene since it's a Hanks podcast. I didn't pull it where they end up like slow dancing at the end, and it's very nice. Yeah. It is a really good scene. Yeah. But this is Kip's apology to Sonny.
2: You hate me. Fine. But I will tell you something, girly girl. (laughs) I love you. You love me? You love me? You've been wearing a dress for a year because you love me? Yeah. Say <laughs> <laughs> so he's good when he Come does the straight on, job. Come on, Kip. Do you really expect me to believe that you've been dressing like a woman so you can be near me? Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I cut it for time there. Here's the next half of it. He jumps on her and kisses her. So a weird That's 80s. All it took, yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> to be honest, I mean that would do it for me too. <laughs> if Hank's did it. You gotta yeah. understand, please I had nothing but the best intentions.
4: I know. God,
2: Kip, I I was just so hurt. I still not sure about you
3: and me, but I'll tell you one thing. You sure go out of your way to impress a girl.
1: Sure does. (laughs) There's a good line coming up. (laughs)
2: Flowers. <laughs> I like that line. Uh, yeah. Are you sure
4: you love me?
2: Well, I certainly hope so. I'm lying on you.
1: <laughs> That's all it takes. Yeah, that is a really weird sort of specifically 80s and 70s thing of you get in an argument with a woman, you borderline... Or you could say you flat out uh, sexually assault them and they react positively. That, I, like watching that, I was like, Yeah. Because there's a lot of stuff like that. I mean, for every time the show does like a, a smart thing with talking about women's issues and it kind of is more shockingly more progressive for uh, women being treated the same as men in some episodes. There's a lot of like a uh, gay panic hidden in there and a lot of shit. Yeah. It's, it's one of those shows where the step forward, step back. Never really two in any direction, just Mm -hmm. mired in mediocrity. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But uh, to wrap up that sort of relationship and kind of since it's the main crux of the show, other than the uh, being in drag the whole time, the commitment conversation with Sonny. This is towards the very end of the run of shows and another decent Tom Hanks speech. It's not as good as the other ones with Amy. That's probably the best he sounds in the whole show. Second best is the speech to Hank. Mm -hmm. For seriousness This is his commitment speech to Sonny I didn't want to see her It's just that I didn't know where you and I were
2: going You know So I I thought I should Why'd you see Tim Well After what you did I thought I should Why did you try to beat him up I thought I should
3: Well you shouldn't
2: Well I didn't (laughs) He got his ass kicked Sonny, I'm ready. I'm ready to commit to you and forget everybody else. What do you say? Just jump right in. Just jump right in anytime. <laughs> okay, all right. <laughs> all right. I don't like it, but All right, but just remember that it hurts and it hurts a lot because I am ready for those you and and you alone kind of words. I'm I'm ready. Oh, Kip. I am so sorry. Well, now don't be sorry. (laughs) Kip Wilson didn't just fall off the turnip truck, you know. He's not the new kid in town. He can handle it. (laughs) But just be ready, because I'll always be here, Sonny, because I happen to think that there are some things in this world that are worth waiting for.
1: Now, you can see how he gets... Kind of in the romantic comedy zone for a bit there. Oh, yeah. That's a Sleepless in Seattle-y, You've Got Mail. Joe vs. Volcano. I still haven't seen That is the crux of this whole show.
0: Oh, I will need multiple pairs of underwear when we <laughs> when we have to go through that. If you haven't picked up by now that that is not just my favorite Tom Hanks romantic comedy. It's my favorite Tom Hanks movie of all time. I haven't seen it. Haven't seen I don't it know anything
1: anymore. about it. I can't wait.
0: I can't wait. We have to watch that together, and if this mo- if this podcast takes off and we accumulate thousands and thousands of fans, we will do a live show every Valentine's Day <laughs> where we will watch together as a community of Hanko files. Joe versus volcano,
1: maybe even Twitch stream it. But now, uh, yeah, so technology these days, does am I the right? Mo- Does the movie take place around Valentine's Day? I'm trying to, like, gauge. No. Okay. No. I still don't know anything about it. I know he's Joe. He is Joe. There's a volcano?
0: There is a volcano. And Meg Ryan plays, like, 40 different
1: characters. I have no idea what the fuck this movie's about (laughs) right now. (laughs) Oh, I can't wait. All right, so that's basically the show. Um, it doesn't end satisfactory There's no tie no. up of anything It's just a cancellation You can
0: tell they almost thought that maybe they'd get a third season out of it But it just
1: doesn't it, it, Yeah there's all kinds of stuff in the second season that's really weird um, Henry or Kip I forget which one accidentally saves a mob boss's Daughter's life and yeah. that's a whole thing You and get to meet Kip's sister Who's in love with Henry Or is it the other way around No in love with Henry and then like she wants to have sex with him Or they went on a date in high well, school Well, she wants
0: She wants Henry to flower
1: yes yes
0: which also is very problematic because we watched this show in its entirety maybe when they wrote this show they thought that maybe we would forget their age but if because we binge watched it henry is far too old to be even considering, which there was a time in this episode when he was considering it. Yep. And it was like, all right, that's a big red flag, you know. And again, maybe they thought, oh, no one's, either no one's watching this or no one remembers that, like, these guys are well into their 20s at this point.
1: Yeah, they and, never give a, a hardcore age.
0: Yeah, but, like, his sister's, like, what, like a
1: freshman in college or yeah, something? Yeah, like eighteen,
0: nineteen. Which, again, okay, it, it it's still just not great.
1: yeah. So it ends unsatisfactory, uh, and that's kind of it. That so, episode creeped me out, man. Yeah, it was creepy. <sighs> Overall thoughts on the show. Was it better than you thought it was going to be? Because your mom was a fan. My mom was a fan. I, my mom was a big fan, and I, I I remember watching it
0: with her when it was in um, syndication. Yeah, I mean, I think it was definitely better than I thought it would be. Was it my favorite 80s show? Was it as good as, you know, some of the great shows of the 80s, the great sitcoms of the 80s? Not by a long shot, but I loved it has very high highs. It has very high highs. And again, we went into this with a certain mission to try to pick out those moments of when did Hank start to become this icon that we know him today in the 21st century or if there were any signs of it or if there were any signs of it. So we were we were really kind of putting the show under a microscope. And I think there were several moments where we a saw that laughed too. (laughs) And also we're surprised that like, wow, that, that actually kind of came out of nowhere and it was great. And you know, throughout this episode, I, I felt it necessary to, To talk about some of those characters, that I think helped elevate him even more, even though he was clearly the uh, he was clearly the star. He you could tell
1: this is the guy who's going to skyrocket as it went on. They definitely all noticed it, too. Yeah, it became a lot more Kip centric. It became a lot more like Peter Scolari. I do not want to take a
0: damn thing away from that dude's talent. He is very talented. Yeah. But you could tell watching the show that this was go- like this was going to be a vehicle for Hanks uh into future projects, future bigger 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 projects.
1: Um and, and- if everyone in the cast worked for the next 40 years.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You know, sadly um uh Mary Joe passed away at a pretty young age.
1: Yeah. Um, was on American Dad, so
0: She yeah, the last uh, one of the last credits that she had, she was a, she did some voice for American Dad. You know, and again, sadly, she passed away, but uh, Sonny went on to uh, do a, a lot of movies. She was uh, a, a sex symbol through the 80s and, and 90s. And
1: the only thing that stopped her career was wanting
0: to be a mom more. So she, Yeah, she she got married to Dan Hecker, and they had a had family. Had her priorities
1: and, in order. Gotta they, give her
0: that. Yep, we could probably do a completely separate episode about uh, uh, Holland Taylor, a.k.a. Ruth Dunbar. We didn't talk about her a lot. Right now, because we're really trying to focus on Hanks and but maybe down the road, we'll do like a, a Bosom Buddies revisited.
1: They're um, throwing like two or three episodes in a batch just for. Yeah,
0: episodes. yeah. Because Ruth, you got to admit, was amazing. That's all we'll say it, about her. So if you're going to go out that, and watch
1: the show. Yeah,
0: it's important to know that, like, there's characters that we didn't talk about on this, that if you ask me, Randy, was it better or worse? I thought it was definitely better. There were great moments for Hanks, but I was really surprised by some of the supporting cast and how yes. much they made me laugh.
1: To me, that's what stuck out is I was like, this is a really good fucking cast.
0: It's a really good cast. It just they were
1: unfortunately working with not so great writers. Yeah, and it, a generally dodgy premise. Yeah. Um, you might be able to do it now, and it could be more interesting if you brought in more uh, sort of lgbt sort of stuff for sure and you could have a lot more fun and it would open it up for instead of it being somehow weirdly feminist in some episodes Mm -hmm. casually i won't say hardcore but like casually feminist at certain points you could do this premise and have slapsticky moments and you know have like real conversation between characters yeah yeah and like this was not this was not tootsie no even
0: though you know that actually had grounding it had a lot of grounding and it was very well written. Um, this was not Sorority Boys, which. No, it is
1: ten times better than that. Yeah, Sorority at Boys. At its worst moments. Yeah, Sorority Boys had a lot of problems. Yeah. Uh, I was kind of shocked at how high the highs of this show could reach.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I think this show could be done in,
1: redone in this era. It could be very interesting. I think so, too. It's just you, 1980 to 82 or 81 like that is not the time period to do this. No, no, they're they're Yeah, it never went to a place where I was like kind of shocked where they went. They kind of PG'd it. They PG'd it because, um, again, I'll say what I said at the beginning
0: of this episode. Kip and Henry, even when they did something that was cringeworthy, by the end of it, they learned a lesson they learned about how hard it is to be a woman for yeah, example yeah. Uh, you know they learned uh the type of um sexism that women face in the world in the workplace yep. primarily because this is for the most part guys this is kind of a workplace comedy it takes place really in the office and in the apartment yeah and later on the, the commercial studio right which again is a workplace yeah you know what i mean and, and so they learn these lessons along the way. And I think that if that didn't happen, this show would be very, abominable. very <laughs>
1: abominable. Like, but think of how great an episode would have been where, like, say if they got a season three or at the end of season two, one of them says a weird thing about like drag or whatever, or cross-dressing or transvestites. Yeah. And say Sonny or someone who's a dancer and would obviously run into a lot of people who are on or in the rainbow community yeah. and how great and funny could it have been for them to go talk to someone in that Mm -hmm. and them kind of like shit on their toxic masculinity of like, this isn't a manly thing to do and have like a greater conversation about what types of men and you can be manly and feminine and like be in touch with your feelings. Like you could have done a very interesting episode with that and had a lot of laughs at how dumb they were. Or just how misconceiving things can make you say a dumb thing? Like, you could do a lot of very interesting things. Right. And to my knowledge,
0: obviously, you know, Holland Taylor has been in a relationship with Sarah Paulson for a long time. So she's part of the community. And then they had Bruce
1: Valanche. They didn't use him. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, that was one of the more shocking cameos. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's like, uh, yeah, uh, who, who are some of the other ones? Uh, Adrian's a med was in an episode. Adrian's a med was in an episode. I mean, and the most important one. We need to talk about we need to finish the episode with this, I think. So the most important cameo, which at the time is not a cameo because she's kind of up and coming in the same way as her future hubby would be. Yes. One Miss Rita Wilson, who um, I believe it's revealed at the end of this clip I pulled. We'll find out. And if not, we'll give you greater context because I did this very late at night. If you happen to be watching and
0: you don't – listening, rather, and you don't know who Rita Wilson is, at this point, Rita Wilson is the wife of Tom Hanks.
1: To this day. To this day. And here we go. This is her clip where she is a character who meets Henry at a video dating site. This is the first time – hanks and rita work together yes cindy number six six six
3: i don't know why i on doing the nose this. i hate these the things don't you
0: yes i, I never realized that on that.
4: your guess is as good as mine
3: <laughs> this is all so cold and
1: impersonal but I guess I might as well tell you some things about myself. Um, I'm a college graduate.
3: On the list. Think she has webbed toes? It's worth a
2: shot. Hey, take off your shoes. Leave your clothes
3: on. I don't do those sort of tapes anymore.
1: <laughs> um, should I go
3: Yeah, go on. Go ahead. We're just kidding. Yeah, go
4: ahead. Okay. Um, I enjoy literature.
3: Hey, great. Yeah, I'm a writer. (laughs) Sure, sure. Oh, sorry. Yeah, you go ahead. I'm a football fan. You're kidding. Me too. Uh, Cleveland Cleveland Browns. Browns. (gasps) Wow. Wow. This is incredible. I like walks in the park and rainy Sundays. Bingo. Me too. Come on, walk with me. Talk with me. (laughs) People meeting people in person. That's, That's unnatural. Bogart movies? Yes, yes, yes. Wait, you know how to whistle,
4: don't you? You just put your lips together and blow.
3: Yes, looking at you, kid.
4: So, uh, Cindy was.
3: This is uh, later on on the FG double date. Do. Oh well, like Henry said in his tape, the,
4: the usual
1: stuff. <laughs> movies, books, walks in the park. I belong to a choral group and I worship the devil.
3: That was on my list too. Likes music. <laughs> I'm sorry.
2: <laughs> <laughs> You, you belong to a choral group and what?
1: I worship Satan. You know, Beelzebub, Prince of Darkness. I can't wait for Henry to meet him.
3: Oh, Cindy, I want to meet all your friends. Oh. <laughs> Cindy also likes to ski. So, we're going up to Vermont tomorrow, take a little ride.
2: Mm-hmm. What the hell did she say? <laughs> Correct me if I'm if I'm wrong. You're a you're a you're a daughter of Satan. Ten
1: years now.
3: Oh, she's kidding. Sure, you're
0: shocked now, but believe me, in time,
1: you'll see it my way. Now come on, let's bring him here right now. Everybody, put your hands together. Okay, that might be the funniest scene. That's probably.
0: I mean, that's it's so funny. That's oh my god! What the hell did she? What the hell did she just say? <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh man! Oh my god! That one got me that time. Um, so that's probably uh, for the rest of his life, personal life. That's probably the most significant thing outside of uh, to go on to you touched on earlier that him and Scolari remain very good friends. Uh, well, they
0: don't. So that's the thing. Well, you know, let's dive into a little Hanks trivia. They don't actually start dating then.
1: No, no. It's
0: not till years later, or in our case, five clicks up the IMDb list. I think yeah. it is that they meet again. Late eighty two, something like that. No, it's it's later than that. I think it's like a, almost like eighty six. He's in his first marriage at this point. He's in he's I believe in his first marriage yeah. at this point. Yeah, um, they meet on they 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 reconnect at volunteers. Yes, and that's when you know um which everything that I've read about volunteers that's one of the 80s movies of tanks I have not seen but everything that I've read about it it sounds very boring
1: but hey you never know yeah you never know I don't know anything about it but it's been on Prime lately so
0: you know I I, I there's a lot of movies that I haven't you know this is part of the adventure of Randy we're we're putting these movies under a microscope we might find some beautiful things in it yeah uh
1: and so, basically, so. that's the everything important that happens On camera. Yeah. For the long tail of the show, it's obviously kind of the thing that becomes the joke or at different Lifetime Achievement things, it's come up that people talk about this. Uh, But for his personal life and his friendship with Peter Scolari, here is a clip I found online. Uh, I think it's like a dateline or something doing a piece on Peter Scolari, and this is him talking about, I believe this is 2013 or 14. This is Scolari talking about Hanks as So shortly
0: after he won his Emmy.
1: I think it was something like that, yeah. When Tracy and I got
4: married, Tom got up to speak. I, To be honest with you, I thought he was going to tease me and make fun of me a little bit. And he didn't tease me at all. He actually said, (laughs) we should all be a little bit more like him. Because he never stops trying. He doesn't give up. Can you imagine such a thing I cannot get my mind around what I've done in my life to deserve this kind of
0: uh, affection wow yeah now I'm hearing that for the first time that's that's heavy
1: yeah in a beautiful way yeah and later on in life uh, when Hanks directed his first movie he put him in it in a bit part yep Yep. he's in that thing you do for a second or two he plays the uh, the variety show host yep yep he did the intro for Tom Hanks's Lifetime Acceptance Speech. He did like a little speech there. Yep. And I'll play that for Zeke here.
4: The clip says so much about the time we spent together. A couple of nutty young kids with a dream. I was a demure blonde, stunning in a sort of steroidal way. He was ripped and in on the that dress. Show. You always reminded was... me of a young George Kennedy. You still do. Well, Bosom Buddies was cancelled, understandably, as we were beginning to be mistaken for Laverne and Shirley. (laughs) And you moved on, but not, as many people think, immediately into feature films. No, there was more you had to offer the world of television. But never forget, try though you may, it all began with Bosom Buddies.
1: It all began with Bosom Buddies. Yeah, it is nice that they stayed friends and, like, they really... Yeah. Yeah. So they're the bosom buddies. Are we the breast friends?
0: Oh, definitely. High
1: five. Yeah. Um, Wait, which one's the left and which one's the right? Well, I'm left-handed? I don't know if that matters. Yeah, you can be the left-hit then. All right, cool. Uh, looking back on it, uh, I looked up other interviews with Holland Taylor, and she did a Larry King interview, and she said she knew from, like, table reads that this guy was going to be a big deal. She said he was, like, very engaged, very funny, and she was like, well, there's something here. Yeah. Let's um, see, actress who played Isabel.
0: Oh, yeah. Uh, we'll edit this out. Uh, 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 Telma Hopkins.
1: Yeah, Telma Hopkins also said uh, that she knew he was going to be a big star. She said he was very humble then, and every time she runs into him now, he's the same guy. And... She- Nothing has changed, which is always nice to hear when you
0: watch a Hanks movie. Yes, you get sucked into his character, but there's always this. I mean, I can't even call it like a nugget. There's always this thing in the this big thing in the back of your head that knows, like, if I ran into him on the street, he's probably going to be the nicest guy that I've ever met in my life. Seems very engaged,
1: normal guy, grounded.
0: Very, very grounded. Like, I, it's it. I'm sure that there's been moments when he's, you know, pulled the diva card.
1: Fired a Fire guy from Band of Brothers because <laughs> he said he had dead eyes. Yeah. But it's nice that he's like a human being. Well, let's rewind to the
0: initial conversation that we had before we before we started this. He is our Jimmy Stewart because Jimmy Stewart had that same kind of
1: ability. Yes. He was an
0: amazing actor.
1: And they have very distinct, maybe even cliche things they do, but... Sure. You know, they fucking work. They work, and again, you know, God rest his soul, but, like, if
0: I ran into Jimmy Stewart, like, I'm sure he'd be awesome to hang out with.
1: And the only thing that I say that I... I love Jimmy Stewart, but what I think Hanks has over him is uh, so far as he gets into later years, he hasn't become a staunch conservative. True.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I I think also Hanks has... um, at this point, like longevity on him. Like I don't you know It's like been a while. Jimmy you know. Stewart kind of Ta- at the eighties and seventies. He trailed off, yeah. He he wasn't really doing a lot of
1: consistent work as he got a little bit older. But um So that's Booz and buddies. I think we've got what we wanted to so we can move on. Um I think next we'll just so we can get into the meat of Hanks and the big rise in his feature film stuff. We'll we'll throw in his episode of taxi. Uh we'll do Uh, Uh, yeah. So we, whatever the fuck though, I never remember the name of the Michael J. Fox show.
0: So family ties. So here's the thing. If we're going to stick to, uh, uh, the IMDB catalog, there's three shows that he does. Uh, well he has, he does an episode of happy days. He does an episode of taxi and he does three episodes of family ties. But in between that, he does a TV movie called mazes and monsters. So what I say we do for the next episode, gang, is we do mazes and monsters, um, which I have seen. And I'm going to just say it right now. I'm going to need some liquor because I'm going to need to find some way to be funny on this episode. (laughs) It is so bad. That's fine. We'll talk about it then. So that's what you can expect from the next two episodes. We're going to, we're going to, uh, and then we can finally get this plane in the air. We're going to, we're, we're going to take off because we got splash to talk about guys.
1: His first collaboration with Ron Howard. Oh, oh really? I didn't know he directed that. I know Eugene Levy's in there, right?
4: Mm-hmm. Yep.
1: So that'll be exciting. Yep. And John Candy. So I think we finally got it. We can finally Daryl move on Hannah. from this show. <laughs> <laughs> Tommy boy. I love Daryl Hannah. Uh, Daryl. Daryl Hannah's not in Tommy boy. She is.
0: No, oh, you're thinking of what's her name. You're thinking of uh, Bo Derek. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Who's also. Dude, you ever see Bolero? Oh,
1: oh I, I've, I've heard about it. Oh, mama. Oh, mama.
0: My wife is going to hate this episode. Which is stupid...
1: If I leave that in and if I leave it in, it is only so you can come over one day and be like, yeah, that was an uncomfortable conversation.
0: Yeah, I need to go home and um, just really just kind of lay the groundwork for how. Hey, well, if we've learned anything from this
1: episode... (laughs) They're all jokes, guys. You can solve that argument by just tackling her to the couch and kissing her. Yeah. No, I'm not going to do that. And then you'll both say, wow, and then you can have a talk about commitment, even though you've kind of already made one.
0: Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Thank you guys so much for joining us on this episode of Hang Speed at Tom. We we know we kind of, uh, uh, you know, we talked some negative things about bosom buddies, but listen... If you have the opportunity... It's a C minus. It's a C minus, but there's some really great moments in it. Um, go buy the DVD, support Tom Hanks, support Peter Scolari. Um, you guys, thank you for listening.
1: Thank you, Randy. Thank you for helping me out on this one and finally getting
0: this. Yeah, let's, I'm glad we got this done. This has been another edition of Hanks Beat You, Tom.
1: Oh, Amen.
0: Oh, <laughs> Like, I love the idea of nudism, but, like, I don't know if I could ever, like, actually go to a
2: beach. I'd say that was a pretty successful broadcast.